I'll tell you, I have posts that do great and I have posts that freaking tank, like, but I'm, I don't care. Like I try not to care. At least I try not to care too much about the response and more just the process of play, of an experimentation, of growing, of learning, like that is what this life is all about. And I see us all just walking around, taking things so seriously. And I don't think a lot of it has to be. I, I think life is one big chaotic dance. And the more that I remind myself that I'm just playing with this world, with this experience, I think that it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit. Welcome to the Sustain Podcast, where we discuss all things that exist at the intersection of design and sustainability. Are you intimidated by the zero and zero waste, but you want to live more sustainably? Are you inspired by elevated, timeless design? Do you prioritize progress over perfection? Then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Jacqueline Tracy, the founder of Sustain, a home-focused, sustainable marketplace on a mission to build a more circular future, imperfectly, but collectively. who is a tastemaker. She is an inspiration to me in terms of her style and fashion and design, but mostly her authenticity and the light that shines within her uh, because she just is so thoughtful and conscious and intentional with life. So I truly hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. I just, she shares so much wisdom around living with intention, finding meaning, how to listen to your intuition. She shares tips and tools that she uses, you know, in order to find peace and harmony. She just has this magical soul that has so much depth and I I really think that you guys are just gonna love this episode. So thank you for tuning in today and enjoy the show. Okay, so today we're welcoming Megan Carp to the Sustain Podcast. Megan Carp is a taste a tastemaker, an inspiration to me, a writer, a coach, a wife, and a mother. And um, she is always sharing what adds to her life in home health and beauty. And I'm just so excited today to talk about, you know, your focus around living simply, healthy, and beautifully. Um, and I have been, I've been following Megan for a really long time, and I, I'm just so excited to spend this hour with you. So <laughs> thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This is such an honor, truly. So, okay, so Megan, why don't you tell us just a little bit about, because uh, I know I just did this little intro, but a little more about like just who you are and kind of what you, uh, you know, what you what you share with the world because I think it's so beautifully. And so, uh, just to give like a quick overview of of that. Yeah, gosh, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> 
this is always the most challenging question for me because I often tell my husband, like, I am just a spirit with all these sort of titles attached to me, right? And those titles have kind of changed, I guess, throughout my life. I'm 33 now, just turned 33. I know we're the same age. Yeah, I know. And I just realized that like last week, I was like, I had no idea we're the exact same age. Yeah, just turned ha- Which happy belated, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. And when's your birthday? Uh, March 4th. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're Pisces. Yeah, I'm Pisces. And you're, can- you're a cancer, right? Is that a, I'm cancer? a cancer? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I have so many cancer friends. Yeah. <laughs> I can go into that. But so who am I? I have a background of being sort of obsessed with academics. I went into law. I later learned through a lot of um, self-reflection that that wasn't for me and left that, went into retail, went into beauty, just kind of trying to find what it was that felt right for me. And ultimately, the more real I got with myself, I've led myself to this place where I am doing what lights me up the most. So. I went to um, the Institute of um, Integrated Nutrition to find um, a more deeper connection to my health because that's always made me feel more connected. Um, but most importantly, you know, I'm married to the love of my life and we have a child together and that's just been wonderful. And I guess what I really do is I try to create content that inspires me through living a life that is just meaningful to me. and. That's what I put out into the world as a summary to to define myself, I guess. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Also, that's such a good point about like you being a spirit and having these these titles, you know, attached. Because that's such a, I mean, that's that's another thing that I love about you so much. And even with your micro podcast that you just launched, like it's you're so philosophical and so thoughtful. And and I think I mean that's the reason that you have found this meaning, and that shines through your you know, what you share on Instagram, what you share on your, um, it's megancarp.com, right? The, where you, where you share all your writing and recommendations and everything. And it really, really shines through, you know, that you've like, you have found this deeper meaning. Yeah, (laughs) it really does. I feel like Instagram is such a tough place because, and I share this in my micro podcast, which I felt just called to to do because I I feel like there's only a very small segment of me that's shared on Instagram. Like there's only so much you can get across in a photo or a quick caption or a 15 second reel, which I'm up for the challenge and I enjoy that process. But there's just, this is the stuff I live for. I live for the connection with people Mm -hmm. and just sharing that other side of me. So thank you for seeing that through because sometimes I, I find it a struggle to I guess, express that part of me. So yeah. thank you. No, I think it's like, so, I mean, even I remember when like early, early on when I started following you, you, you asked this question. It was like a, you know, ask me anything. And you, when I asked you a question, you immediately responded with a voice note, which also is just like the simplest, but like sweetest. And, and it's so like, you really do, you connect on a different level. I think when it's, you know, when it's audio versus just like text, uh, cause things can, you don't even know somebody's tone when you're just reading a message, you know, versus audio. And I just thought, I always just, I think that's really special that you do that with your community too. There was this quote that I found recently and it was that the voice is the organ of the human soul. And I was like, 
that no that like hits home like because this is this sounds crazy but I feel like I was drawn to my husband through his voice and that's Mm. weird like we were in class together first day of college he raised his hand answered I'm from Milwaukee whatever that's why I'm here he's Mm -hmm. from here but I remember hearing his voice and just being like drawn to him like Mm -hmm. I feel like there's something within our vocals that just like expresses a part of us a hundred percent the internet is void of yeah you know a hundred percent I totally agree with that yeah 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 that's so cool um okay so Okay, so there are, there's like, yeah, like you said, there's so many like elements to Megan Carp, which I just like love. Um, but how would you, just in the spirit of, you know, this being the sustained podcast, um, how, because we like, you know, we're a home decor marketplace, like, and so what, like, what inspires you creatively? Because I do think, you know, when you talk about living simply healthy and beautifully, like it is, I mean, that also is such a clear way to describe kind of what you share with the world and and your your home design your fashion style like all and then just the way that you eat also inspires me <laughs> I'm like yeah I should make that beautiful salad for lunch you know <laughs> and uh so so uh so tell me a little bit more about like what what inspires you from like a home design perspective because I also know that you just I know that you just re- remodeled your your patio which looks so good Um, but yeah, like how do you get inspired from a, like home design and and creative, creative perspective that couldn't apply to fashion or whatever else in life too? Yeah. Um, I don't want to sound corny, but a lot of my inspiration comes from nature Mm -hmm. because I find that I am in the most harmonious state. I find a lot more peace within my physical body when I'm in nature. And so, excuse me, if I can, I try to bring that to other realms of my life. Mm -hmm. So for for home, you know, it might just be like a lot of um, natural light that comes in using raw materials, Mm -hmm. uh, like a calming palette. I don't like a cluttered space. I want it to feel really airy and light. Lots of plant life, you know. Yeah. Live olive leaf tree and fiddle leaf fig and and things like that. So I also think from a home perspective, I've gotten really into antiques and vintage pieces and you know just those special treasures that almost feel like they have a soul that you're adding to your space. There's like this character to them. So I've gotten really into that second hand, third hand, fourth hand. I don't even know how this mirror I'm looking at. Yeah. I think it's like 120 years old. Yeah. <laughs> they just tell a story on their own. And so I try to incorporate kind of that soulful character, but also just this very calming presence mm-hmm. in my home. Yeah, And I think that sort of translates too into the way that I eat. I think I want my food, I want my clothing, I want everything to give me a sense of peace and harmony. And so the foods that I eat, I wanna make sure that they're good energy, whether that's like an ethically raised animal or it's, I love plants because they Mm -hmm. absorb the sun and the soil and the water. And I just, I think about that as I'm consuming it, like I'm absorbing this this wholesome energy in my body that Mm -hmm. helps me feel peace, if that makes sense. So. That's my inspiration, really, all the time is just finding that peace and bringing nature to me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something that when we did the interview for the editorial, I remember you really talking about as 
something that guides you forward, which I think is so beautiful, like just finding peace and harmony. Like, I, I don't I think... Need, an, I need the harmony, you know? I yeah. And also, I don't think it's corny at all, what you like using nature as your palette. I just, that's, I mean, obviously with sustain, that is, it's the same thing. Because I think when you bring in natural elements into design, I, I just think there is a timeless quality there too. And, and yeah. like you're saying, there is this like peace and harmony. And with, I don't know if you've heard about, um, like biophilic design, but that it's like bringing nature into your home. So you're already doing it. <laughs> like your, your house is already biophilic design focused. Um, but it's, there have been studies that have been done around biophilic design and bringing nature elements into your home, bringing the palette, bringing, you know, the sunshine, all those things. Um, it actually has a, like, there's an increase in happiness based on like psychology of how your space is set up and, and how you feel in it through that, through that type of design, which is really cool. I had an energetic healer come into my house. This is right before we had to let our dog down and mm. I was just like feeling so many things. I needed her to balance me. Oh my <laughs> and, gosh. Yeah. Uh, she asked me if I practiced feng shui because our house was like a, all the feng shui elements. And I was like, I, I'm intrigued by it. I don't practice it, but she's like, you're doing it. Like, yeah, <laughs> just like biophilic design. Yeah. I'm like, you're already doing it. <laughs> I'm like, great. I learned about like what a money corner is and things. And I was doing things right with our money corner and whatever. But yeah, I, I, I think a lot of that is sort of maybe intuitive to me. I, I don't know. But I just, I've always been drawn to finding greater peace and bringing that into my home. I think like some of the trends I'm seeing right now, there's like the maximalism trend with like bright colors and tons of patterns. And I have like... I can appreciate that and I love to um, consume that sort of um, content and that kind of design from afar, but I don't know if I could live in it all the time because it feels a little too, like there's so much going on. Yeah. Right? And I think like from a sensory overload perspective, like I just need to simplify things. Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. That totally, I mean, to me that <laughs> completely makes yeah. sense because I'm, I'm definitely the same. I feel like I do, I think it's really, I, I know exactly what trend you're talking about. And I, I feel like it's, it is really fun to consume and to see what people create with that. And, but I would be really overwhelmed if it was, if my house was like full of patterns and bold colors and it would be over, over simulating to me. And yeah. I think I would want to change it too fast too. You know, I, I would be like over it after a certain amount of months. Um, so yeah, so that's why I love the natural feeling. And, and, and yeah, what I've, I have, I don't even think enough about that. What you, what you talk about with your setting and just bringing that peace and harmony in in different ways in your life. I think that that's like such an important thing for people to think about when they think about their space. Cause you spend so much time at home, like so much time at home and it should be this place of peace and comfort and like love. And, um, I think you, you just do such a good job of that. So, Thank you. yeah. Okay. So I'm, I want to hear more about, so you're a fairly new mother. Like I am. your daughter just turned one, right? Yes. What's her yes. name? What's her name again? Can you remind me? Kennedy. Kennedy. I love that name. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, Thank you. And how is that, how has that transition, you know, been for you? Because I know, I know it's a bit, I mean, from what I hear from friends, it's like your whole world changes once you have a little baby girl or a baby boy 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, again, I don't say this to be corny, but I literally don't even remember my, my days before Kennedy. Like, I just, I can't imagine having, having no child to like care for every day because it is, it's, it's kind of, um, all consuming, but, um, I think I, I always knew that my well-being as an individual was pretty much my number one priority prior to being a mother. And then when I became a mother, I realized just how much of a priority that is to me. Like, I will not put that second to anything. And I know that that sounds maybe selfish to some, but... I just know that if I'm not taking care of myself, then I can't be a good wife. I can't be a good mother. I can't be a good friend, family member. And so it's just been a big adjustment in terms of learning how to manage myself and my priorities um, so that I can be the best to Kennedy and to my family. Yeah, I think Uh, that, and also I just want to note that is not selfish at all like I I think that that is I think it's really important that we like frame it as like it's not selfish because it is if you fill your own cup then you you can take other take care of other people like even with our you know our main like tagline is like take care of yourself take care of the planet because that it's another thing with with even sustainable practices like if you don't take care of yourself there's no way that you can start integrating or changing yeah. any of your lifestyle. You know, there's just, I mean, if you don't take care of yourself first, it's like the whole, you know, put your, uh, like on an airline, it's like you put your mask on first before you help others, you know? So I think yeah. that's such an I important think, thing. I, I, I come from a mother who did not give herself love and did not give herself space. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I actually have gone through periods of my life where I didn't do that for myself. And... I just know what that can lead to if you're not mm-hmm. checking in with yourself and not caring for yourself. So, you know, like I said, managing myself as a person has came to a new level since becoming a mother. I also really want to, to teach Kennedy, not through like telling her how to take care of herself, but showing her and, and showing her like, mommy needs her solitude in the morning. Mommy needs, you know, to meditate and move her body and we're going on a walk together right now honey and just mommy fuels herself in this way with these foods and you're going to share these foods with me too and just kind of like making that a lifestyle you know it's just showing her like this is how we take care of ourselves on a day-to-day basis so yeah just learning how to manage that and my sanity while getting all my other things in has been an adjustment but i think i'm in a pretty good place right now we're really fortunate um actually sarah our helper is here right now and she i said you need to be here while i have a podcast (laughs) kennedy starts crying you know so Mm -hmm. i can i have enough space and if you have the opportunity to invest in some kind of care on the side we have a part-time nanny and Mm -hmm. that's just been really great for me um, to get in a yoga class, to get in some work or whatever. So it's been a pretty good transition so far for me. Yeah. 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 And I remember even when you just like watching your story on Instagram, when you had Kennedy, I remember it was like, you actually got back to your, like your healthy body very quickly. And I remember also thinking like, that's, 
because you're such an intuitive eater and you're such an intuitive like human you know so you are I can just tell from even what you share you're just you are doing exactly what you're preaching right now about like taking care of yourself and um because yeah even like watching you heal after after the birth like journey was just um, I was like oh my gosh this I'm just want to take notes and (laughs) tips from this woman (laughs) yeah you know I I um took a very intuitive, you said it right, honestly, I, I took a very intuitive approach to pregnancy and to birth. Like people like, did you read the birth books? Did you read the, the how to be, not how to be pregnant books, but how to manage <laughs> pregnancy books, you know? And I, I did not read a book. I just was like, you know, I think this is something I could talk forever on. It's just letting our intuitions guide us because I've been through, so many, I, I was going to say, I think my most pivotal growth points in my life have been from a place where I've had to tune out all the noise mm-hmm. and just like really get in touch with what it is that my body's calling for from a health perspective, food perspective, mother perspective, career perspective, you know, all it's just that's been my guiding force lately and I trust in that even if it's counter to what everyone else says that's just been my greatest guide really through this crazy life that yeah in. yeah I've I'm I have been on a very similar journey the last couple of years like tuning tuning other like all the noise out and really reaching deep and like listening to my gut which I was used to be really not very good at uh but okay so can you share a couple tools? Cause I actually think a lot of people struggle with this is like mm-hmm. just listening to their intuition and like checking in, you know, deeply in that way. Um, so what, so what are some tools that you use to, to tune out the noise? Cause it is like, I mean, with social media, with, um, I mean, just society's expectations with, I mean, there's just so many different, you know, layers to the noise. <laughs> Uh, so, so what are some of the tools that you use to, to tune that out and to, to dig deeper? Well, first, let me say something and then I'll get into the tools. Mm -hmm. The first thing I want to say is I think we all are intuitive beings. Mm -hmm. We, we all have this capacity to, to get in touch with that. Totally agree. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also think that we live in a society that's very people pleasing, you know, like I said, it sounds selfish to want to take care of myself. Cause I think sometimes people frame it that way mm-hmm. and it's, it's about serving others before ourselves. And I know as a, as especially I'm speaking for women and I think on average, we're more agreeable than men. And so we feel the need to cater to others. Mm-hmm. But if I could just like tell women like, Hey girls, our superpower is our intuition. Like we have, we have an, an innate ability, I think even stronger than men to tap into that. And that is really amazing. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how we tap into that or how I tap into it rather, because I'm not trying to tell people what to do, but what helps me tremendously is number one, solitude. I have to have solitude every single day Every morning I get up at 4.35 a.m. because that's before everyone else. I don't set an alarm. I just naturally get up. People ask me that sometimes. But I go downstairs. In the winter, it's in our living room. 
now it's outside on our patio and I, well, first I take my probiotic with a bunch of water and then I go outside with my coffee and I just sit there. I just sit there, try to absorb nature, get into my body, just like feel what's going on physically because I think a lot of our intuition is not, it's not emotional, it's not logical, it's like in our body and you have to Mm -hmm. kind of tap into your body. And so I do that, I try to get into meditation if Kennedy's not up um, before that. And that's how I touch, that's how I get in touch with it. You know, some people say, well, meditation's not for me. Maybe it's a walk outside. Maybe it's a yoga class. I feel like I get connected to my body through yoga. Or maybe it's even a massage. Like for me, that's a good 90 minutes of not having to do anything and just like being in touch with your body. So that would be my number one thing is like, just take some time and space to connect to your physical being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a, that's such an important point. That was something that I just recently listened to with. Um, so it's, her name is Mel Robbins. She's, she's like my new, like Brené Brown. Like I just love her. I just found her like two weeks ago and I see people posting her. Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed with her. And so, and, but she, I listened to a podcast I think it was one around anxiety and, and she talked a lot about that, how it was like, she was interviewing a doctor, but so this doctor talked a lot about it too, that, that it's like just so much is happening in your body and your body's actually trying to communicate with your brain, but it's, it's really just, you know, sending signals. And then we're all trying to like make sense of everything we're feeling inside of our brain without, you know, actually going into our body is what often happens. So like with talk therapy, with things like that, it's like you're just trying to like run through things and like figure things out logically and rationally when really you should just, you know, <laughs> like dig deep into the, yeah, just see what, how you're feeling. Like just check in with how you're feeling. I've, I've done um, therapy in the past, like, you know, sort of uh, the Western version of therapy where you're in a room and you're talking to a therapist. And I, I think that it's a, good tool for a lot of people um but for me it felt like I had issues in my actual physical body that I needed to like literally go out in a forest bare feet and like shake it out or something Mm -hmm. like even sometimes in yoga I'll feel like parts of my body tremble where I'm like oh there's something that needs to be addressed in that part of my body or whatever but yeah there's a book called body the score and that's basically the whole like how trauma is actually physical tension in your body exactly that it's a practice because I think we are confused as human beings and we think that our minds are wiser than our bodies but generally I feel like it's the opposite like it is yeah that like just clicked for me a couple weeks ago honestly I and I and it made sense because I I actually moved to Denver specifically so that I could hike more and like be closer to nature and and I've always like whenever I'm like oh I need a reset I could just go to the mountains and I just hike for like six hours and and it always resets you know my whole nervous system entire nervous system and and so I'm so glad I'm I moved here because I was kind of still looking at like New York or LA where I know my nervous system would just be like overstimulated and when I listened to the Mel Robbins podcast 
I was like, oh, that makes sense that like moving and breathing and like, so anytime that I have this tension in my body, when I just get out to the mountains and I'm like walking and moving and sweating and you know, all those things, it's like, yeah, of course it's resetting my nervous system because it is like whatever's happening is inside my body, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like all those, all those little practices. I mean, definitely in the summer, I feel a lot more peace in my body because I am outside but even like in the winter or I did this last night in summer but I'll lay out my acupressure mat you know those like spiky mats oh I haven't even I've never seen that oh I I feel like it's the best $30 you can spend honestly I'm always sending links to people because I think they're awesome but I'll lay it on my bed bare back which might be too intense for some people some people might need a little layer but and it's like acupuncture sort of um, it's not okay. technically acupuncture because it's not puncturing your skin mm-hmm. and acupressure. So there, mm. it, it's just little, yeah, it just kind of penetrates your skin. I don't know if it, it's, it's still like kind of, yeah, just putting pressure on the, on the dif- exactly. different like pressure points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you lay down on it at first, you're going to feel like, oh God, oh God, oh God, I can't do this. Like it's like spiky city, like this is intense, mm-hmm. but your body, that's just your mind again, working mm-hmm. like, Ooh, get away. This is uncomfortable. Get off. But if you just get past that first two minutes, you really soften into it. And I swear it's like a massage. Like it's Ooh. just, it has tremendous, I sleep on it. Like this thing is amazing. Anyway, I'll lay it on my bed. And I'll put my feet up for the reverse blood flow mm-hmm. and just little practices like that. Like it just zens me out. I don't know. I just like, I, I wish I could give that to everybody. In this I'm like going to go buy it right now. <laughs> I'm not affiliated with yeah. any map. Yeah. You know, I just love this thing. I've been using it for like a decade. I love it so much. Oh, that's so cool. Sustain is raising a community investment round and you're invited to participate. If you love Sustain, believe in our mission, and want to become a co-owner of our rapidly growing company, visit wefunder.com slash sustain. Investments start at just $100. Let's talk about uh, how you, because you talk, you touched on some of your like morning routine. Mm-hmm. And in a couple of different tools for like how to get into your body. Is there anything that you do for like your evening routine or anything else that you just are like, wow, this has really optimized my life and my like, in, especially with your intention of like bringing peace and harmony, you know, into, into your world? Yeah. Well, I told you I, I make sure I drink a lot of water in the morning, but then I also do generally I didn't do this today because I always feel like I need a little something to eat before I do like a podcast or something Mm -hmm. like that but I do often practice a small intermittent fast every day um and I know people have conflicted Mm -hmm. thoughts on that and it's surely not for everybody especially I feel like if you have disordered eating and things like that I know I wouldn't have been in a place to have a healthy relationship with it in the past I'll just say that but now I do and I really love it for mental clarity. I feel like it's another thing that just connects me, the mind to my body type of thing. Like I Mm -hmm. understand why spiritual gurus have fasted because it just, 
it brings awareness to each part. Like, is this my mm. brain or is this my body type of thing, you know? And, and I just find that connection a little nicer. And I just appreciate my food, like my first meal of the day. I appreciate a lot more. So I don't know, it, it brings gratitude and, and that clarity of mind and that sort of uh, connection to my body, just things like that. So I, I like that. Um, I eat a lot of plants. If I go on a vacation and I haven't like had a good salad or raw vegetables, I feel very deprived and I feel like I need to like search it out. Like I, I feel like there's good energy in plants. And so I try to consume a lot of those. And then for evening, you know, some days Kennedy's more fussy than others at nighttime. And it just depends what that night looks like. But I always try to wash off the day with warm water to like warm my body. So it'll be like a shower or a bath. Um, and you know, if I can get in a little, um, acupressure legs up, I'll do that. But I, I'm in bed early. I mean, I'm an early to bed, early to rise gal. I go to bed at like seven, eight. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I, I love that for you. I do. If I can breathe a little bit too, that's great too. But that's generally what my evening routine looks like. That's so nice. I think I always think about this cause I actually take a bath almost every night. And, yeah. and I, I swear it's because I'm like a Pisces. <laughs> like I just, oh I beca- I'm like, and cancer's a water sign too, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I feel like there's something there that I'm like this, cause it feels so cleansing to me. Like it's like yeah. such a, like such a beautiful wind down to just be like comforted by the warmth of, of water. But I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I labored in a tub too. So did yeah. you? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh my gosh, that's really cool. Uh, okay, so I told the nurse that too. I was like, "I'm a cancer. I like need to be in water." I don't think she does. She does. You know, she's like, "Yeah, sure, sure, sure." Yeah. Uh, that's funny. So when did you okay. when did you decide to start writing and sharing more of your life? Okay. Um, well, I've always loved to write. Actually, my mom put a journal in my hand when I was like able to form sentences and that's just always been my my form of therapy my form of expression I've always loved to write um I went into uh undergrad for journalism actually I've just always loved that Mm -hmm. um but then I went to law school after that and it like killed so much of me yeah (laughs) I can't even imagine like creatively it just was like I feel like I took years off my life honestly but that's I actually explored law because I have two lawyers in my family and it was I felt the same I felt the same way when I, I took a few law classes that because it's always going to the past you know like you're always you're always looking for like what was precedent to this case and it's like digging into the past instead of like focused on the yeah. present or the or creating the future and I felt that too, like the creativity of it. I worked for a Supreme Court justice in Wisconsin and I remember sitting, I called it the dungeon because there was no windows and I was up up there with briefs and I remember crying and like texting my dad and just saying, I cannot do this. Like, I cannot do this. It just killed my spirit, honestly. Like, I felt like with writing that it was all, like you said, precedent-based, but there was, it was so systematic. It had to be in a specific format with the citations and it limit limited me as a creative being I think so anyway I had to kind of rewire myself in a way when I decided to leave that and 
I went into marketing for a retailer, Kitnace. They closed, but they're a Canadian uh, company. They closed in the United States. Um, and then also I worked in beauty and wellness doing marketing, um, trying to kind of get back into that creative rhythm and, and areas that I, you know, beauty and wellness, that was something that I thought I liked, but long story short, working in a corporate office is never fun, no matter what industry. (laughs) Um, so ultimately when COVID happened, I talked to my husband and said, you know, I just really want to share myself in an authentic way and be a mom. Like I just told him exactly what I wanted. And he's always been really supportive of who I am as a person. (laughs) And so he, you know, luckily we were in a position where he was like, if you want to do this, you can, you can do that. So I decided to leave. We were a little tighter financially then, but I just started to share. I don't know. Like I just, I just started to share my life. It's never been like I had a social media calendar or anything like that. I just started a blog again. I had two blogs back in the day. I had a vegetarian blog when I was a vegetarian in 2011. And I had a travel blog in 2010 when I went to Europe. So it's something that I've always loved deep down. Mm -hmm. That's my root. But I had to work my way out of it to find my way back to it in a way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, yeah, I just started sharing myself from a more authentic place, I guess, in 2020 when COVID happened. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So, so yeah. then did you launch your, like the, the, your blog that exists today? Did you launch that in 2020 then during COVID? I did. Yeah. It was called plus minus at the time. Cause it was like my, we had a saying in our family growing up plus minus, which means I love you more today than yesterday. Oh, um, cute. I which I was like, Oh, maybe I'll use that and like start a blog. But I started to feel like I was branding myself too much. And like I said, I'm just like a spirit with all these different titles attached to me. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I don't want to be a brand. I just want to be Megan Carp and this is who I am, you know? So yeah. that's, that's what I changed it to the next year or something. And that's what it's been. That's so cool. I love that. Okay. So what are some effective ways to overcome self-doubt and cultivate self-belief, especially when you are pursuing goals and dreams and finding meaning and all the things we've talked about. Yeah. Something I've reflected on a lot lately is I think we've really lost our sense of play. Like just like I was on a walk the other day with Michael and I was like, I feel like life really is just one big experiment. Like it is like generally speaking, unless you're like a pilot in an airplane, like there's not like a right or wrong way to do something. Like it's like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of gray matter in between. And I think through having my daughter, you know, two days ago, she found Crayola markers for the first time. And she was like, oh, what's this color? What do I do with this? Does it go here or there? And you just see sort of this playful curiosity in children that I think we're almost conditioned out of mm-hmm. as we get older. And we think we have to perform a certain way and the response has to be a, a certain way and whatever. I'll tell you, I have posts that do great and I have posts that freaking tank, like, but I'm, I don't care. Like I try not to care at least. I try not to care too much about the response and more just the process of play, of an experimentation, of growing, of learning. Like 
that is what this life is all about. And I see us all just walking around, taking things so seriously. And I don't think a lot of it has to be. I, I think life is one big chaotic dance. And the more that I remind myself that I am just playing with this world, with this experience, I think that it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit. And I, and I don't have as much fear or as much self-doubt because I realize that this is all, like I said, a chaotic dance anyway. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that reflection. Also, I feel like you and I are just on the same wavelength because I've also been reflecting on that quite a bit. My friend, my friend, Catherine Price actually wrote a book called The Power of Play. And yeah. she, she also has a quick uh, TED talk you can listen to, too. I that name. Yeah, she, she's amazing. Yeah. And she, so everybody should read the book and, and listen to the TED talk. But it, it is, it talks about that, how we've lost it. And how, how even the, or maybe I actually, I'm, I'm like, I think the book might be called The Power of Fun. The Power of Fun or The Power of Play. And I'll add the, the exact name in the in the podcast notes, but I'm pretty sure it's The, po- the Power of Fun. Because she talks about how even fun is, mm-hmm. is something that we have, as Americans, we use it in a way that it's like, oh yeah, that was fun. And it's like, was it really fun? <laughs> like the way, you know, like it'll just be like, oh yeah, I had so much fun. And you're really like, I don't ever want to do that again. It's just like, we just like throw that word around. So it's like, what is fun really to you? You know, like what does play really look like for you? And, yeah. and it is, I mean, for me, it's been, I've like really dug deep to be like, you know, going back to my childhood of what, what did play look like for me and what did I have fun with when I was playing? Mm-hmm. Uh, as a young child and so I recently like picked up rollerblading again because I used to do that all the time my brother built like a little skate park in our backyard so I used to rollerblade all the time and then hiking like playing I used to just play in the trails all the time so hiking is a form of play for me like I feel like nature is our is our playground and but I've like dug deep because I do think it's like when I'm feeling creatively like I've hit a wall you know when I just feel I have no inspiration, it's like, that's when I'm like, okay, you need to go on a hike, you need to go roller, but you need to do something that's like very playful that will mm-hmm. reset that creativity. Uh, Cause I do, I think it's like so sure. important. I think I think as we become adults, like we're, we're fearful to tap into that in a way, like we're fearful yeah. of the response of others and the judgment of others mm-hmm. because it comes from a place of vulnerability you know I think that's why the best art and the best creation it comes from that playful place I think because that's when the vulnerability kind of seeps through and people actually connect to that you know they they connect to those differences and 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 they can relate to their their own vulnerable state or whatever so I don't know I think that that's important and it's something I have to freaking practice because especially in the world of social media where things are based on performance. Mm-hmm. I wrote a blog. This was actually a very scary blog for me to write and to publish. But again, writing is my form of expression. But when I was released from an ambassador program, along with so many other women, it was Jenny Kane. I think people know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like it was like I hit a wall. Like what what does this brand relationship mean to me really? What do all of my brand relationships really mean to me? Not just Jenny Kane, but I got into this place where 
it felt more like a commercial endeavor versus a creative endeavor mm. where brands were like, okay, send us your analytics. Even now I work with brands where I have certain um, goals commission wise and things like that. And I really try not to focus on those things, even though that's what I'm supposed to focus on. I really mm-hmm. try not to because it sucks the life out of me. And mm-hmm. I really just try to be in the process and sure, I have the goals on my mind to some degree, you know, but I try to just play with the process and I have to have faith that that presentism and that that playful nature will get me to the place that I want to be eventually. But I can't focus too much on on the response. I can't focus too much on the analytics Yeah, because it just it's not wholesome for me. It's not a happy place for me. Yeah, um, but that going makes back sense. to the place of into of um sort of fear and overcoming fear. I remember when I published this blog more than an ad, I was so scared. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was scared to hit publish on that because I knew people were going to read it. Everyone would know I was cut. Everyone would know I have these vulnerable thoughts about working with brands, even the brands themselves. Like, are they going to judge me? But I just was like, F it. Like, I don't care. I'm going to hit publish and people can take it for what they want to take it for because this is real and this is coming from me and I it's spilling out and I'm just going to share it. And that's one example of several different times where I've just been like, you know, this feels right in my body. So just do it and don't let don't let fear overcome that because this is all just crazy life experience anyway. And what's the worst thing that can happen really, you know, yeah. like. So I don't know, just reminding me of that and practicing it, actually practicing that Mm -hmm. has been sort of medicative for me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because it does. I mean, so often with fear and with self-doubt, it really is just like having the courage to take the step forward and do the thing. Like that's all it is. Yeah. And the more you do it, the less. I don't want to say the less scared you get. Athena Calderon of Icewind literally just said that I listened to her podcast. She said, or she was on Goop. And uh, she said that if you're not fearful, you're not human. And she's yeah. at the height of her career, uh-huh. right? Like, And she's like, I'm always scared every single time I get a new piece of real estate or whatever. And it's like, that's that's true. We're human beings. We're wired to be fearful in a way for survival reasons. So mm-hmm. you're never going to escape that. Mm-hmm. So I try to just welcome it, I guess, like, Hey, there you are. But then also just like allow myself to overcome it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point about welcoming it. That's something that I've been working on too, is just like surrendering, you know, to whatever it is, like whatever the feelings are just like, instead of, cause I, I do think, I don't know if this is, like really Americans are just like all humans. But I think that often when we're fearful or have insecurity around something, then we, we feel a resistance that we Mm -hmm. fight. We actually just fight it, you know, like we're pushing against it. We're like, go away. You can't, you know, if it's anxiety or fear or whatever it is, self doubt. Um, And so I think that's really like the welcoming it. And just being like, oh, you know, acknowledging it that it's there and and surrendering to I, it is like so yeah. freeing. It's so freeing. It's so freeing. And it's also, I think, rather than, I mean, of course, when I experience fear or self-doubt, I want to like crawl up on my couch and just create a comfy place and not have to deal with it. I think that's our natural state. We want to be comforted, you know. Mm-hmm. But I also, I'm trying to kind of rewire my brain and say like, okay, if I'm feeling this way, 
probably that's the universe poking me and saying like, why do you feel this way? Mm -hmm. Like what, like maybe there's room to grow here. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe there's, maybe you can become better if Mm -hmm. you, if you embrace this fear. And in my own experience, that has been the case. I was so scared to leave my legal career. I had, that had been wired in my brain for years. My dad really wanted me to be a lawyer. I had great grades. I had a job lined up at a huge firm. Long story short, the last year I decided I'm going to, I'm not going to do this mm-hmm. because it's not for me. I'm crying next to the judge of the Wisconsin Supreme court. I don't want to do this. <laughs> In a, in a room with no windows, like in a room with no, no windows. windows. Yeah. I mean, seriously, that's a metaphor for so many. Yeah, so many honestly. But I was just like, you know what? I trust whatever this is inside my body that's saying, no, 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 no. You're not going this direction. But it, it was scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you are, I don't want to say writing your intuition is like a fun, joyful ride. It's often very scary. Like it's, it's often not what your mind tells you or what everyone else tells you, like I said earlier. And so I think that that fear, that discomfort, it's often the universe poking us saying, okay, what's, what's in here? See what that's all about, you know? So hundred percent. Yeah. So, okay. Is there any tips that you have? Because I do feel like your authentic and vulnerability, that's something else that really shines through, you know, like, it's just like, you are very open like, especially I'd say compared to like just the general, you know, Instagram, you know, people who, who share on Instagram, like you are much more authentic and open in my opinion than, than many, many other folks. So is there, are there any tips that you have for people who are like trying to find their voice? Well, first, thank you. I feel like I share like a very small fraction of who I am on social media. So that's refreshing to hear. And I feel like there's always room for me to grow. I don't want to say that I, I still, like I said, experience fear. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. a lot of times what's authentic is a scary thing to share, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there are people out there that certainly do it, I think, even better than me. So I'm always learning. But I think the the thing that I come back to is just the idea of play again. And, you know, I've had people ask me, I want to start an Instagram or I want to like create content for this or that or whatever. And like, how do I start? And I, I, I can't get myself to start. And you just it sounds so cliche, but it's true. You just have to start and you have to just mm-hmm. not, you have to tune out all the noise and just create from that place of, of being and, and remember it's not all that serious actually mm-hmm. none of this is very yeah. serious yeah. my husband's a trial attorney and I think his power come he can connect with the jury members because he doesn't talk to them like an attorney he talks to them like they're his friend you know mm-hmm. like he talks to them like hey we're here trying to find truth together today guys you know and I think when you can tap into that place of just being real and true and sharing that and overcoming fear, that's like when all the beautiful stuff comes, right? Mm-hmm. So I know that that's not like a tangible tip because it takes a lot of your own self-actualization to do that. But I think that is the most honest answer I can give. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's beautiful. Do you think that having Kennedy has allowed you to tap into play more so? 
I do. I think my daughter has reminded me a lot of what all of our nature is as even adults. Like when my daughter has a tantrum, for example, I'll later see Michael, my husband in a grumpy mood. And I'm like, oh, that's little Michael having a tantrum. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like we're, all, we're all children. Like we all mm-hmm. play and we all have sensitivities and we all just want to be loved. And I think that my daughter has just made me realize that that's all of our true state and that we are just conditioned out of it. And I think through that, I've just learn to embrace it more Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think that's so beautiful I love that I think that is that's so it's so important um especially from a creative space like Mm -hmm. to to I think it's so it's important for mental health it's important for so many things just to remember to play but Mm -hmm. I think for creativity it really it's like how can you be creative if you don't have an element of play in your life yeah yeah I agree Okay, so so at Sustain, we always talk about progress over perfection, and uh, I think you and I have also talked about it one-on-one even. Uh, so how, like in the context of, you know, personal growth, of, you know, finding meaning, of, of really any, any element of your life, like how have you incorporated that philosophy of, of choosing progress over perfection? Well, I think it's the question that gets me thinking in this way is how do you manage being present and aiming towards progress and aiming towards future evolution? And it's, I think that your evolution and your progress really is dependent on the the being present and the, and uh, the progress itself comes from being present. So for me, I don't know about you, but have you ever had it where you're like in the shower or you're like in bed and your mind's kind of in this nowhere space and you have like an idea come up and you're like, that's the best idea I've had in months or whatever. <laughs> that happens to me a lot during meditation, I think, because I'm getting, you know, good air and air quality and I'm just like in this sort of subconscious state where things just come up. So I would say a lot of my best ideas come from that place. And so I, like I've said, I really try to prioritize finding time to be present and connected to myself. That, that is a priority for me. That's the number one thing I do when I wake up that way. I know it's done. It's my number one priority. I get it in right away in the morning solitude. I take a massage every week. I know that that might seem excessive for people, but I just, I need that space to be present so that I can evolve I guess so that's my answer there I love that that was like so deep and philosophical and beautiful I love that answer so much I've never even thought about turning that into like like progress over perfection like there it's so true that you cannot progress if you're not present like it's well all the all the beauty all the appreciation all the creativity all the good stuff is found in the present that's not mm-hmm. in the future that's that's right now and so you can only access that if you're freaking there with it you know 100 percent. if you're constantly thinking about what's not yet you know you you'll, you can't access that so yeah. i try to really take time to 
be there with it all. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's such a, such good advice, especially I think for entrepreneurs that I talk to a lot really struggle with that because they're so focused on the future, you know, mountain that they're climbing that uh, it's really hard for them to even celebrate like the, the small wins and the moments, the, the present moments. Uh, so I'm, I'm always, I always talk about that because it is, it's so important. It's like, this is the journey. This is it. We're here. Like, this is the journey. There's always going to be another mountain to climb. Always. It's like when you see like a flower on, um, the fast forward pace, you know, when you see like it growing and then wilting and then dying, like that's literally happening as we speak. Like everything is just this ever evolving process until death. And so it's like, if you're constantly thinking about the end, it's like, you know, you got to be here now. I mean, that's Ram Dass. <laughs> be yeah. Here now. yeah. Um, and you can tell all your friends, your entrepreneurial friends, to read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle because he says all of this much better than I do. Oh, yay. Okay, I haven't read that one. I'm going to add that to my list. Oh, girl, you got to read it. It's like a must. Uh, okay, so any other, like, but that's like a perfect uh, segue to my last question about, like, do you have any other tips for like books to read, podcasts to listen to, anything that you're just like, wow, this, every time that I listen to it or read, you know, something like this, it really has helped with my growth or, or, or helped me be more present or playful or, or any of the things. Yeah. Um, there are three books that I feel like everybody should read. The first one, and this is my forever favorite, is A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. Mm-hmm. And if you can get it on audio, I really like to listen to her voice. She reads it. And that is like my Bible. I swear it just always automatically grounds me. Um, basically, it's like a, it's um, a cliff's note of A Course in Miracles. So there's a sort of a spiritual context to it, but not religious. It's not um, identified with any religion, but it's just a very grounding book and makes sense of so much of this craziness that we go through in life. And the, and so the, theme, the theme of that book really is choosing love over fear, right? That's is that kind exactly. of, yeah. Yeah, exactly. that's such a beautiful one. Oh my gosh, it's just so good. I think I've listened to her like 10 times. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that one is great. Um, in alignment with that, uh, The Power of Now is really great that I just said with Eckhart Tolle. I mean, it's all about now being present and it's just the way that, that he writes it. It's in a question answer format. So it's like really consumable. Um, I think that that's a really great book. Another one I've done several times. Um, and then also, I feel like you've probably read this book. It's so good. Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. I haven't read it. No. No. Oh, gosh. Talk about play. This is in uh-huh. fear. That, that's another one that she just talks about creativity again through sort of the spiritual lens and just like connection to yourself. And it's just a very empowering read. So those are my three go-tos that I've gone to multiple times. Okay. Yay. Yay. I'm so excited to get those two. I'm going to like order them right away. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Oh, that's, that's so great. And then is there, are there any, cause I know, the, I, I mean, I wanted this podcast interview with you to focus a lot more on just like lifestyle because I do feel like like I've said before that you're just like you have this very authentic and like deep perspective around around how to just like be present and live a life with meaning and in a in a beautiful 
way. Um, and so I wanted to focus there, but do you have any tips for, um, for any listeners around like, are there sustainable brands, you know, that you like absolutely adore, uh, that you think like people should be aware of or, or, or could be non-toxic beauty brands too, or anything in that space. Yeah. Um, well, first, I love Sustain. I'm using my mug right now. I love, <laughs> I love seriously, love and your that. dish towels. They're my they're, Yeah, those are my favorite. The waffle. They're, yeah, they're, they're like so, so absorbent. <laughs> I There's yeah, so I, many. We actually tested a few different dish towels before we before we started selling those. And I was like, these are timeless, the waffle ones, and they're so absorbent. So it's like you can do anything. They're huge. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I have like so many people under those dish towels. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I love sustain. There's like a ton. I could go into so many clothing brands that I love. I feel like everybody's kind of leaning towards a more sustainable Mm -hmm. approach now. Um, but makeup wise, I love RMS. I've been an avid fan of RMS since the freaking foundation of it. I think it was 2008 and I've met Rosemary Swift, the creator. She's just such a hoot. Like I just love her. Um, and Westman Atelier is another good one. Um, but ultimately I think from a sustainable approach and it kind of goes back into my lifestyle, I try to really donate a lot of things and gift a lot of things and secondhand a lot of things. Um, because as an influencer or whatever you want to call me, I, I get things a lot Mm -hmm. and I feel sometimes overwhelmed by again overstimulus by just like my surroundings and having too much and so I will share on my Instagram sometimes like I'm doing a Poshmark sale or I like to donate to to a lot of places I almost prefer that sometimes but um yeah that's kind of like my method is just being like really conscious of how you're consuming things whether it's food your clothes your home whatever Mm -hmm. your makeup all of it yeah yeah (laughs) that makes sense yeah I definitely can see that with with what you're sharing too. Um, that makes me like want to go clean out my closet right now as well. (laughs) (laughs) Like time for a purge. Uh, okay. Well, thank you so much, Megan. This was so wonderful. I knew this would be just like such a amazing conversation because I do, I think that you and I are, are very aligned with some of the like just philosophies on life and, um, and it's just really cool to hear, and reflect on those like take this moment to like really you know talk about fear and talk about play and talk about the meaning of life and all those things so um so thank you so much for joining us on the sustain podcast today thank you jacqueline it was such a pleasure thank you for listening to the sustain podcast we hope you enjoyed this episode if you have any suggestions for future topics please reach out to us through our website or instagram Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review if you enjoy what you heard. Your support means the world. Thanks again for tuning in. We look forward to creating a more circular future together, imperfectly, but collectively.